Hi, this is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. Our hope is that you would come to know God personally, find freedom, discover your purpose, so that you can ultimately make a difference. Enjoy the message. We're starting a new series today that we're calling Life, Money, and Hope. And I don't know if you're like me, but I love the holiday season. It's an incredible time of year that we're moving into. The weather begins to change. The leaves begin to fall. Hopefully this will be my first year to ever experience maybe a white Thanksgiving with some snow or even a white Christmas. It's always been my joy. Thank God for Hallmark movies to set the expectation really high. When you're from Alabama, you don't get that kind of thing. So I'm like, come on, Idaho. So we moved here in January, my wife and I, my son, with a dream in our heart to plant a life-giving church. And really what that means is we just have come to simply love you and to serve you the way that we've been loved by Jesus and the way that we've been served. And uh, it, it, it's an amazing, you know, looking back at it, I'm like, dear Lord, how in the world like, did this even happen and how are we here? And it's amazing. And we share that story. If you ever want to know more about what that story looks like, we share it in our growth track room for step one. Today is step one, by the way. It's an hour class. You'll hear more about it. Uh, but it's a great time to where I actually can share the heart and the vision of why we're here and how we're here to serve you. And there's, by the way, if you're a parent, there's free child care. So that's a, that's a bonus. You know, we love our kids, but my goodness, to get some free food, maybe another extra hour, you know, of adult time, that's always a good thing. So I encourage you, if you haven't gone through that process, we would love for you to join us today uh, so you can learn more about who we are, what we do, why we do it. And uh, so we're excited about that. But this series is really dear to my heart. I've been just through prayer and just seeking the Lord. I really felt like God wanted me to bring some hope and in, in, in an area of our life and our money. And so I know what you're thinking already, the fact that I'm already talking about money, and uh, this, this early on, you're like, oh great, there's one of these churches that's going to talk about money. Well, here's the thing. I'm not mentioning this because I think that you need to give more or, or you need to be that. No, no, no. We, I'm going to tell you, like eight weeks into our church, this is week number eight, you guys are the most generous people on the planet. Uh, we would not be able to do what we are doing here today without your generosity and without your love. And I'm not bringing this message in regards to hoping that you'll do more, give more. That's not what this is all about. So go ahead and just time out for a second. That's not why we're here. That's not what we're doing. But what we're doing here today is I believe honestly Really, honestly speaking, that with a lot of people have a great heart, a lot of people want to be generous, a lot of people, especially going in this holiday season where we're going to ramp up our generosity as a church on a local level and on a, in the, for, our, for our city and our community and our state and our nation and around the world, and you're going to hear more about that as we kind of venture through this series. See, I don't believe people have a problem. They want to be generous, but I think the problem is and the issue and the challenge that most of us have is that we're strapped. It's like we're strapped financially. So much so that it's, it's sucking the life out of us, right? And we're strapped in a way. It's like, I want to give and I want to be a part. And I want to do some things, but it's just my life is completely strapped. And so this series today and that we're starting is a four-week series. And this is a way out series. This is a series that I'm hoping will, will breathe some life into you and give you some hope and maybe a hopeless situation that maybe you're dealing with when it, when it comes down to being strapped financially. And so here it is. I want to start with this verse, and this is kind of the verse that really began the thought for this series as I was in prayer. It comes out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. And go with me here. It says, people who want to get rich. Now, time out. I want to rephrase that word right there. This basically what it's saying is people who have a wrong perspective, or maybe people who have had some bad outcomes when it relates to money and life. Well, what happens? It goes on. So it messes with them. It says that these people that have experienced these bad things, they fall into temptation. It's like they start thinking bad things, and then they start doing bad things, and then ultimately it falls into a trap where we find ourselves stuck, right? Strapped. Financial hardships. And so it goes on to say, when this trap, it leads us into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. And if I could say one thing, now I'm a pastor. That's what I do. I'm your friend. And I don't want any of that for you. I don't want you to get to a place where, there's, where you're plunged in to ruin and destruction. I don't want that for you. See, my job is to get you out of a trap. That's my job. That's why I'm here. I'm here to get you out of a trap and out of the foolish things that bring ruin and that bring destruction. It goes on to say, it says, for the love of money, in other words, having this bad perspective or understanding of it, right, said it's the root of all kinds of evil. Now, it's not saying money is bad. That's not what it's saying here. 
It's not saying money is bad. No, money is actually good. But having a bad understanding and a bad perspective of money, well, that's the root of all kinds of evil. That's what ruins your life. And listen, we've all experienced it. I've experienced it. I know you have experienced it. It goes on to say some people that are eager for money, in other words, these people who have their lives, their whole perspective, their whole focus around this, And again, here's the thing. It motivates me as a pastor to help these people. It says these type of people who are going through these circumstances, which I believe some of us are in this room today, says they've wandered from the faith. In other words, you've walked away from God because of this topic. It says it's pierced. It's pierced some of your life with grief. And see, some of us are here and we've been pierced by life. Some of it has been because of your own decisions, but some of it's also been because of other people. And so wherever you find yourself, some of you are here and you find yourself pierced. And I said it earlier, this is a way out series. And my hope today is that this will be a very encouraging, powerful, but yet very practical message to help you find hope in hopeless situations when it comes to your life and your money. Now, I love this verse. Go with me because I feel like this verse expresses our heart towards God. And these are Jesus' words. Luke chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Like wherever your ideas are, wherever your thoughts, your perspectives, the things that you would hold close, the stuff that's in your life, right? These things, like this is where your life will be centered. And I believe all of us would honestly say, listen, like Jesus, I love you. And like my heart's for you, Jesus. When Jesus is saying, okay, well, if you love me and we have that relationship, then I want you to take on my perspective. I want you to take on my thoughts when it comes to your ideas, when it comes to your thoughts, when it comes to your perspective, when it comes to the things that you hold so dear in your life, these treasures that you hold on to. And see, my life, you guys, growing up, um, you know, some of you know my testimony at three years old, my parents got a divorce. At seven years old, my mom committed suicide. And so from seven to 16, my life was on just on this kind of a rocky slope. I was looking for identity, and I was, I, mean, I was a good kid, but like on, on the outside, but on the inside, I was falling apart because I didn't have my identity. I didn't know who I was. I, I didn't have purpose in my life. And so at 16 years old, my best friend invites me to a local life-giving church, much like One Life Church here today, and it's where I tell people I discovered my why, and it really is. But my dad did everything he could for me as a single dad. And I know he's listening to this message today back home. And I love my dad. He's an amazing man. And he did everything that he possibly could to provide for his son. But I did not have the greatest example when it came down to how to manage finances, how to do things well with money, how to take some basic principles that God even speaks to in Scripture and apply it to my life. So what happened in my early 20s? Listen, through a series of events that I don't have enough time to go into today, but at 23 years old, I was over $200,000 in debt. And that's not something to brag about. It's not. Man, I hate, it. I hate the fact that I had to go through it. But a lot of what happened to me, some of it was my fault, but some of it wasn't my fault. I was pierced by life, some of it mine, some of it not. So I found myself in this place of being over $200,000 in debt, and it looked like there was not a way out. I was making $10 an hour working two or three different jobs, trying to do everything I could to figure this thing out. I had friends telling me you should file for bankruptcy. I had the same spirit that haunted my mom to make her want to commit suicide come to me and tell me I should do the same thing because there's no way out of this. But my hope was in something higher. My hope was in a God who I knew loved me and I had relationship with in that time. And if it had not been for God as a source of my hope and the security in my life, I would not be here today debt-free, standing here debt-free from, I mean, I wouldn't be, Okay. And so it was a 17-year process and journey for me. It was a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Pop-Tarts, baby. Come on. Where's my PBJs and Pop-Tarts? Like, that's what it was all about for a long time. One step forward, two steps back. One step forward, three steps back. Dear Lord, help me. Am I ever going to get out of this? But over a series of events. So why am I mentioning this? Why am I telling you this story? Because if there's anybody that can relate to financial hardship, brother, you're looking at them. I've got the T-shirt, Okay. And so one thing that I've learned through that is I was like, okay, i got to get smart with money. i got to learn something. So at 23 years old, I begin to take the journey, and I begin to learn these principles that I want to share with you today. 
that I believe have the power to change your life in these basic principles alone. But after I share these principles with you, I also want to give you a higher way, God's way. See, these five basic principles, if you were ever to sit down with a numbers guy or a financial planner, they would go over these five basic principles that I'm going to give you today. And these are things that I've learned and I've applied in my life that have brought freedom in this area of financial hardship where I felt strapped because I had a heart to be generous because of what God's done in me. I just didn't, I wasn't able to be generous and live this life of compassion and, and giving that God wanted me to just because of just the financial hardships. So I want to give you hope today, okay? And so I'm going to talk very practical, so stay with me. Some of you practical folks are like, yes, this message is for me. If you're looking for something uber spiritual today, this message is for you too. It really is. I'm telling you, this is going to bring hope and bring some freedom and fulfillment in your life. So go with me. So if you are sitting down and maybe you're going through some debt crisis or you're financially strapped here this morning, a financial planner and myself included, if we were to sit down with you, this is what we would talk about. Number one, we would talk about here, fill in the blank in your message notes today. Grab those out of your worship guide. Take the pen that you were handed. Write this down. This is going to help somebody today. Write this down. The first thing we would talk about is earnings. Like earnings. Like you got to earn money. Right? You have nothing to manage in this life if you're not earning money. Like if there's nothing coming in, you ain't got nothing to manage. So you need to learn how to earn money. In other words, you need to learn how to get the most life-giving way, get a job. <laughs> so for you young people here today, and even if you, some of you in your mid-20s and the 30s, if you're still living at home in the basement playing video games, you need to stop. You need to get a job. I'm not trying to be harsh. I love you. I'm your friend, okay? But I have got to help you. You need to get a job. You need to make some income. Why? Well, because you want to eat, you want to have clothes, and you want to have a place to live, okay? So food, clothing, shelter. you got to have these basic needs. So if I'm sitting down with you in your living room, we're talking about money and trying to help you get some freedom, we're going to look at, hey, you got to have a job. you got to have some income, right? you got to have earnings, right? The second thing we're going to talk about, and this, I'm only talking about numbers right now, very basic numbers. Is that number two, we're going to talk about your spending. Spending. Do you know that more than 90% of Americans don't have a budget? Like more than 90% of us, we're making money, but we don't know where it's going. It's just vanishing. It's like we get to the end of the month, we're like, oh, my God, there's more, mo <laughs> more month than there is money. What are we going to do? Well, the fact that you're in that place is because you don't have a budget. You're not telling your money where to go. And so for us, I want to help you with that. Now, we're not going to go over budgeting principles today. But if I were sitting down with you, that's what we would do. We would talk about creating a budget. Look at your income, and then from there we would create a budget, making sure that we're doing what we can to create some margin in your life to live. And let me just say this. Small groups are important. We don't do small groups just to do, have something to do during the week. We do small groups because it brings life change. And there are some of you in this room who have experienced freedom in your finances and who are gurus, geniuses when it comes to this. And some of you need to lead a small group because some of the pain like I myself went through, like our pain equals some like purpose. So everything I went through, I went through it. I didn't want to go through it. What the devil meant for bad in my life, God turned it around for good. So now that I can help somebody else along the way, never have to experience that kind of pain. And some of you are here today, and you need to lead a small group going into the next year. You need to lead a small group in a, I call it like a financial peace small group, to where you can help people on this journey of budgeting. And it's our goal in 2019 as we kick off small groups again next year to have financial peace small groups to where you can actually learn the principles that I'm teaching here, here today, but more on a micro level when it comes to details. So if I'm talking to you about earnings, I'm talking about, okay, now we got to focus on your spending, make sure we're not spending so much. The third thing I would say is savings. And listen, this is a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle, and it's important to save, okay? And there's an extra note, Proverbs chapter 21, 20. It's not in your notes, and it's not on the screen, but the wise, the wise, those who walk in wisdom, those who walk in wisdom have wealth, but fools well, they spend whatever they get. And I've been a fool. I've done that. I've done that. And so I would rather, much rather walk with the wise, and that's what I want to help you with today. See, it's important not to spend all that you have. Like, it's important for you to save. And what a financial planner, even myself, would tell you, the first thing to do in your financial freedom and trying to get through this is, hey, listen, we need you to find out what your income is. We talked about that, your earnings. Right now, we need to kind of create a budget. When you kind of make sure you're not spending money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you 
don't even like, right? We need to bring that into check. Once we got that, then we're going to look at, okay, now that we've created a budget to create some margin, we want to take that margin and we want to get to a place where we can set aside some money for savings. And what Dave Ramsey would say in any financial planner is like a baby step number one would be to get $1,000 in your savings. And then once you're there, come back, work on your debt, do this debt snowball, knock out all your debt, and then you need to do that before you get into number four, which is four, write this down, it's investing. See, if you're a numbers-only person, this can be a lot of fun. I love this. See, investing is great and it's fun. This is when you start. In other words, you're no longer working for your money, but your money's working for you. And I think every single one of us go, oh, dear God, could I ever get there, please? Right? I want to be there where I'm not working for my money, but my money is working for me. I want to be investing. And see some, it's basically say I'm putting some aside for the purposes of letting it grow. And I love to encourage young people in this because the fact is they've got time on their side. See, investing is not about the amount. It's about time. It's about the, not about the amount. It's about time. And so do you know that the average car payment in America is $484? Oh, bless God. My goodness. Average car payment is $484. And you know, if you were 25 years old and you took $484, you didn't buy the new car, but you kept a nice used car. Oh, excuse me, pre-owned car. Man, I grew up when things were used. Show me the used lot. None of this pre-owned stuff, but pre-owned sounds better. Finding yourself a pre-owned car that's paid for, right? And if you took that $484, young man, young woman, from the age 25 and you invested it monthly all the way up to age 65, you know that would turn into, in a good, in a good investment, that would turn into $5 million. I said million dollars. Like, I hope you like the car. You're going to love the car, have fun with the car, but I'd much rather have the $5 million, right? Listen, these principles, if you're all about the numbers, these numbers alone will help you. These numbers alone can bring some freedom into your life. They really can. But I'm going to show you here in a second that there's higher principles that are at play, that God's way is a little bit different, okay? But let's go on, continue to talk about the numbers. The last one of the areas that I would sit down and talk to you about, being very basic and very, is giving, is giving, and some, some financial planners would tell you, they'd say, this is stupid. Financial planners, you don't need to give anything. Just save as much as you can. But I think even non-Christians believe that at some point that our lives should honestly reflect charity, right? It's like our lives should reflect something higher than, than what we've accumulated, right? So even non-Christians believe that that's important. And so these are the numbers, and these numbers work, and if we could literally have a session all day and talk about each one of these and dive into all these different things that you could apply in your life, and they're important, and they're great, and they're wonderful, and, and you would, honestly, you'd begin to experience freedom. But as believers, we know that we serve a God in the realm of the supernatural. See, the, the, everything I'm talking about right now is natural, but we serve a God who supersedes all things natural, and we live in a realm of the Supernatural. We do. See, we serve a God whose principles are true. His word is true. His principles are true. And, make, and here's the thing. They make absolutely no sense to, to mankind. They make no sense to the world. They make no sense to our human nature because they go beyond their nature. They go into the supernatural, and that's the God we serve. So look, in fact, here's a verse. This is a verse that really stirred me on this series for you, and it's this. Look at this in Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. Stay with me here. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. This is a word for somebody here today. You want a word from God? Here it is. Give careful thought to your ways. In other words, think about what you're doing. Think about it. Because a lot of us, we're doing the numbers, right? We're doing the numbers. It says, go on. Look, it says, you planted much, but have harvested what? Little. You eat, but you never have enough. Can somebody relate to that? So in other words, something's missing here. Like, you drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. And I love this one right here because this, this, is, this is the story of most of our lives today. Look at this. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Yeah, somebody's like, yeah, that's my life verse right there. Earning money, it's put in on a purse with holes in it. Can you relate to that? Come on. Who says scripture is not like for us today? Look at this. 
And then he goes on to say, he tells you one more time, give careful thought to your ways. Well, think about it. I mean, what, what's wrong with this? Like, could it be that there's a higher principles at play here that go beyond the natural? And God's ways supersede these natural ways. And the answer is absolutely 100% yes, there is a higher principle at play when it comes to this. Did you know that half of the parables or the stories that Jesus told in the New Testament were about generosity, about our stuff, and about giving, and about stewardship of our lives? Five times more than the subject of prayer. Five times more. So, like, Jesus is saying, hey, guys, this is a big deal. This is huge. And Jesus is trying to get our attention here. See, Jesus was extremely practical. If you read scriptures, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, where is the wise man? So in other words, bring all your smart financial people. Like, where are they? Where's the scholar? Where's the philosopher of this age? And God says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? See, the wisdom of the world, the world says, hey, listen, that's dumb. That's stupid. That will never work. God's way will never work. Well, no, 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 I'm here to tell you that God's way absolutely, my friend, does work because his ways are higher, his ways are greater, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways, well, they're not our ways. Listen, I've learned something over 17 years of my life that I want to share with you now. It's going beyond the numbers. The numbers are important, the numbers are great, but there's a higher principle at play, and I want to teach you these higher principles, and today my hope is that you'll have a heart that's ready to receive this because this, this could change your life. This could bring hope to you in a very hopeless state, and this could be the day, a catalyst moment, where things begin to turn and change for you. When it comes to this idea of being financially strapped and getting to a place where we can experience freedom. You know, the first principle we talked about, like a financial planner, if you're sitting down, we talk about earnings, right? And what the world would tell you is, man, you got to do whatever you got to do. You got to take two or three jobs. You got to make as much money as you can. And even if it means moving halfway across the planet to be away from all your loved ones, you need to do it. Why? You got to have more. You got to have more. That's the world's way, right? See, but there's a higher principle at work. And the higher principle is God's way. And that is, write this down number one, it's calling versus compensation. It's calling. Versus compensation. What do I mean by that? But at the end of the day, how much money you make and accumulate and the stuff that you take in will never bring you fulfillment. It never will. You can try it. It never does. You'll never make enough. You'll never have enough. And it will never fill the void in your life. What brings true fulfillment, my friends, is when you discover your why. Like, when you discover why you're on this planet, that's the beginning. That's the day that you begin to experience some fulfillment. You've heard me say it if you've been here for eight weeks. I almost say it in every message. There's two great days in your life, you guys. It's the day you were born. That's the first one. And the second is the day you discover why you were born. See, discovering your why, that is the secret to fulfillment. That's the secret. I love to say this. Put this on the screen. We don't just need money to live on. We need something to live for. We don't need just money to live on. We need something to live for, and that's why we do the growth track. What's the growth track? The growth track is not a perfect process, but it's a four-step process. You don't have to do it consecutively, but it's a process that we've designed to help fulfill a part of the vision where we believe that discovering your purpose brings fulfillment in your life, and we want to help you with that. And so today, you can actually attend step one, which is the beginning. We feel like the beginning step of every person's process to discover purpose is to find a life-giving church. And as excited as we are about One Life Church and what God's called us to do, our whole goal and passion isn't to get you to come here. We're grateful, we're thankful, and we think it's pretty cool, but, like, we're not the only church in town. We're here when the big capital C church, boom. We're playing our part. We're loving Jesus like all the rest of them. And if this isn't a home for you, we want to help you find that home. But we believe that discovering your purpose starts with finding a life-giving church that you can get plugged into. And you can discover that today, and with a four-step process, we can help you discover your gifts, your passions, your spiritual gifts, and begin to see you set on a road of living fulfillment that comes from knowing your why. From knowing your why. So do we do growth track just to do No, no, no. We don't do it for us. We do it for you. And it's important, you guys. 
because you're never going to experience the fulfilling the fulfillment that God wants you to have until you understand your purpose or understand your calling. Understand your calling because here's the key. You ready for this? If you'll discover your why, if you'll find your something, if you'll discover your purpose, it's better than any amount of money that could ever come your way. It's better than any amount of money when you know your purpose and you know your why. Your why is priceless. And that's why I'm saying calling Versus compensation. Look at what Paul said, Acts chapter 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life. Man, my life is worth nothing to me. See, Paul's saying, hey, time out. My life would be worthless. My life would be zero if I weren't doing what God called me to do. Look at what he says. If I just may only finish the race, if I may complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And you're saying, yeah, yeah, well, we're talking about Paul here, man. Paul had a purpose, and I'm telling you, no, you have one too. God has a plan, a purpose, a destiny, and a dream for your life. And he wants you to discover it. And over 87% of Christians don't even know why they're on this planet. And we want to help change that. And you can start that journey today. Because you have a calling on your life. You were chosen. And God had a plan for you before you were even born. Scripture even tells us that. But moving on. Higher principle. Now, if we were just talking about the numbers, the numbers are great, but now I'm talking about higher principles that we can begin to apply in our life that will help bring freedom and fulfillment. So if I'm sitting around your living room table, we're talking calling versus compensation. Then we're moving into contentment versus consumerism. Put that on the screen for me, buddy. Contentment versus consumerism. Listen, we live in a society. I mean, you've seen the commercials. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it. Yeah. Uh, I want it now. I want it all. And I want it now. Right? That's the society we live in. (laughs) And at every level of society, this thinking is getting us into trouble. It is. Pastor Rhett, well, why do you think it's that way? Well, we've lost the value. My perspective and what I believe is God's perspective is that we've lost the value of contentment. It's like we've lost it. See, and even in our society, in our culture, contentment would even be looked at, oh, that's archaic, man. That's so boring. That's so old school. Are you kidding me? Just go get what you want. Got a credit card? Dude, you can pay it off. Right? This contentment, this biblical value just seems boring in our culture. It's not. It's a biblical truth. And I want to remind you today that God's way, his higher principle, this value of contentment is really what brings real peace. So look at what Jesus said, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Don't always be wishing for what you don't have. For real life, look at this, real life, real living, they're not related to how rich we are. No, 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 no. You know, the fact is that the happiest people on the planet are the ones who are generous. They really are. And I could go on to say that you know, I, well, let me just say this. Why? Why is that? Why, why, why do people seem happier, not only when they give more, but why, why, do, why do people seem happier when they even have less? Can I tell you why people are happier because they have less? Because they don't, they don't have to pay anything. They don't have to insure anything. They don't have to lock anything up. Why? Because they ain't got nothing, right? If you don't have anything in your life, <laughs> you're going to have a lot more peace because you don't have a lot of stuff to have to keep up with. If you don't believe it, go on a missions trip. I go on a missions trip. And the day you walk into an orphanage and you see a child, a young two- or three-year-old, four-year-old child playing in the dirt with a stick and a rock, and you see how content and happy they are with that, as opposed to some of us who have Nintendos, and I know that's old school, Xbox, PlayStation. Why? Why they have their content? They have less. Unless they have more, which equals peace. They really do. And listen, this, this value of contentment can change your life. It can change your life. So what is contentment? Well, it's a biblical value. that Look, look at what Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 says. I know what it is to be in need. And all of us do, right? We all know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. And I think we can all relate to that as well, right? But I love this next line. Look at this. Paul says, listen, I've learned the secret. The secret of being content in any and every situation. Well, Paul, what will you tell me? There's a secret? 
yeah, yeah, there's a secret. Well, what's the secret, Paul? Paul's saying, listen, I've learned it. It, it took me a while to learn it, but I, I finally got it. I finally learned it. He said, whether I'm well-fed, whether I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty, or whether I'm living in want, well, what is the secret? Can I tell you what I believe it is? I believe the secret is which when you realize that you're blessed. It's like when you finally come to the place where you realize, God, if you never did another thing for me, God, you've done enough. Like, God, if you've never done one more thing for me outside of what you've done for me through Jesus, Lord, if you never did one more thing, God, you've done enough. It's when you realize that you're blessed. In other words, it's an attitude of gratitude. It's this being thankful mentality, being, being thankful for what you have and not what you don't have, right? And I've come to realize that. And I put this on the screen. I love this. It's like contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want. No, no, no. Contentment is the realization of what you already have. That's contentment. It's like, like God, if you never did another thing for me, you've done enough. I'm better off than most. I thank you. See, this is a biblical value. This is a higher principle that goes beyond the numbers that will help bring freedom into your life. I'm telling you, this one alone, if you only applied this, would change your life forever. And now, church, listen, I want to I kind of warn you here. We're moving into a holiday season right now where the world has been planning your life. <laughs> They've been planning for months, moving into this season to try to get you to do more and to try to get you to buy more. And I'm urging you, as a pastor and as a friend, don't buy into the lie that you have got to outdo last year's Christmas. Don't buy into it. Walk into this supernatural principle of contentment and being thankful. Don't walk into the world's way. The world's way will suck the life out of you, but God's way will breathe life and it will bring fulfillment and joy and peace. And Look, real contentment is not getting more, you guys. No, no, it's just realizing that you're already blessed. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? You guys still with me? So I'm just talking to you today about higher principles that go beyond the numbers. All right, here's the third one. Now, the third one we talked about earlier was about savings, right? And saving is important because it's a biblical principle. You need to save because a rainy day is coming. Like, rainy day's coming. And as important as it is to save, here's the one danger, okay? If you're not aware of, this can sneak in on you, is all of a sudden in the savings, if you're not careful, you can begin to look at your savings account as a source of security. You can do it, right? It's like, I'm going to try hard. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to save up as much as I can, put my stockpile away, that if something were to happen, ever to happen, then I can take care of myself. I can take care of myself. And now, listen, I'm not saying don't save. Hear me out. Pastor Rhett is not saying don't save. Saving is important. Do that. I'm just saying be sure, here it is, write this down, be sure you're God-dependent versus independent. You need to get to a place where you are God-dependent versus independent. Stay God-dependent. In other words, don't build a savings account up to insulate yourself from all eventual possibilities that this world can throw at you. No, 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 no. Well, we, that's what we try to do, right? That's what we do. It's, why do we do that? Because we want financial security, right? We want to insulate ourselves from all eventual possibilities so we can be financially secure, and I urge you to save. I urge you to save. It's important. It's biblical. But don't, my friends, do never, never, never think that your finances bring security. Because they don't. Your finances will never bring security. The only security you'll ever bring in this life that will bring ultimately true fulfillment, life, peace, and joy, and hope is God himself. God alone is our security. And here's the verse that is just so beautiful. Check this out. Proverbs 18, 11. The wealth of the rich, well, that's their fortified city. They imagine, keyword, they imagine it as a wall that's way too high to climb or to scale. In other words, they see it at this wall that no problem will ever, never cross it. It's like, I'm going to build it, man. I'm going to build this fort around me. I'm going to call it financial security. And it's going to keep me safe. It's going to be my security. But here's the problem. It's not true. It's a figment of your imagination. It's a false reality. Because money cannot make you secure. See, we need God on our side, you guys. We need God on our side, and we need to live a life of trust in our God as security. And listen, it's why, listen, the statistics, this is just a reality. Do you know the most generous people in America are the poor? Like, the most generous people in America are poor. 
you know, and I share this there why, because they, they know their money. It's like they c- it can't do anything for them, really. You know, so they, they really come to the place where they realize, you know, God, I'm just going to just want to give it to you because you can do more with it than I could ever imagine because you're my hope, you're my, you're my source, and you're my security. It's crazy that the percentage of giving is actually higher the poorer you are. Now, listen, hear me out. Time out. I'm not saying you need to be poor. That's not what I'm saying. I am not telling you that you need to be poor. No, God's word is very clear on that. God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. God wants to get things through you to you so he can get it through you. Like if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. I totally messed that up, but I hope you're following with me. See, God wants to bless you. He does. God wants you to understand these principles, especially the church, so you can walk in freedom so that you could ultimately do more for your life and do more for others. So I'm not saying to be poor. I'm just saying keep your trust in God. Keep your trust in God, not your bank account. Keep your trust in the Lord. May God be the source of your hope in him and him alone, not your money. And that's why Hagar wrote this proverb, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 through 9. She said, like, give me, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only, not, what does it say right here? Does this phrase look familiar to anybody? Any Christians out there? Does it give me only what? My daily bread. Who else said that? Jesus said that when he was talking to us about the Lord's Prayer. He said, give, give me my only daily bread. You know, you have to trust God every day. Why? When it's, when it's daily. Like when it's daily, oh God, I got to trust you today. Right? Otherwise, here, here, here's, here it is. Otherwise, I may have too much. And I might disown you, and I might say, who is the Lord? Or, or I may become poor, and I might steal, and I might dishonor the name of my God. In other words, if I have too much, like, God, if I have too much, then I, I might stop praying. I, I might stop believing in you. I might stop trusting you and get to the place where I don't need you anymore. I only need me. And that's a dangerous place to get to, my friends. And as a pastor, that's why I'm here to help you today. I want to get you unstuck. I want to get you out of this way into a higher principle. And here's a beautiful prayer that I would encourage you to pray every day. It's like, God, give me what I need today. Lord, just give me what I need today so that I can fulfill the purpose that you have for my life. So that I can fulfill the purpose that you have for my life. So give me what I need today so that I can fulfill that. And here's a great thought to live by. It's on the screen. I will not trust in riches but I will trust in him who richly provides. It's like, God, I'm looking to you. God, you're my source. I'm talking to you today about higher principles, going beyond the numbers. Numbers are important. They work. But there's something beyond the numbers, you guys, and I want you to get a hold of and begin to apply into your life. It will change your life. You'll begin to experience freedom and this joy and fulfillment. Here's the fourth thing we talked about earlier was what? Investing, right? Investing's fun. It's great. But there's a higher principle at play when it comes to investing. It's that I want you to begin to think through the principle, and here it is, stewardship versus ownership. I want you to get to the place where you begin to think of things as a steward. And what's a steward? A steward is someone who manages something that belongs to someone else. That's what a steward does, right? And like one of the greatest financial principles, you guys, that I've ever learned, and if there's only one thing you hear today, hear this, please. Hear this, that God owns everything, and I'm just his manager. Like, this is one of the greatest financial principles that changed my life. See, God owns everything, but I'm just his steward. I'm just just his manager. See, my life operates on this. My family operates on this. Our church operates on this. And my hope is that you'll begin to apply this in your own life and begin to operate in this. I just think we need to get to the place where we go, God, Lord, help me figure out a way that I can, I can take my, my time, my thoughts, my perspectives, my ideas, my resources, my car, my home, the, the, the things you've given me, Lord, and, and use it to make a difference in somebody else's life. Like, like God, like the food that you've blessed me with, like when I go out to eat today, maybe, God, just maybe, is there somebody that doesn't know you that I might be able to go out to eat with today who doesn't know you but be, be a blessing to them so that they could experience your love? And that they could experience your life and the hope that I found in you. You see what I'm saying? You going with me there? And the great principle to pray is, God, you own it all. God, it's all yours. And I'm just thankful, Lord, that you've given me a portion. Just a portion of my life to steward well. 
to make a difference in the life of someone else and for more than that, eternal purposes. Like eternal purposes. This is the most important principle, you guys. It's the one that I've, that I've learned in my life. Jesus gave us this example. Look at this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Jesus says, listen, guys, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. No, don't do it. Don't, don't make all your investments just matter for earth. Because ultimately, you guys, it's all going to be destroyed. He, he says, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. Listen, life is short, you guys. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You really can. And look at this cool verse, Matthew chapter 13, 44. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, you guys, here it is. You want to know what the kingdom of heaven's like? Here it is. It's like a treasure. It's hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything he had. He gave everything for it. And he bought this field. See, once you discover your purpose, you guys, you'll stop at nothing to make a difference for what really matters. I want to say that again. Once you discover your purpose, you guys, once you discover your why and you begin to live this life of fulfillment that God has come to give you through Christ and you know why you're on this planet and you know your calling and you begin to walk in that, when you do that, it changes everything because you'll begin to make a difference for what really matters and you'll stop at nothing to do it. So here's the last principle. I mentioned earlier some financial planners wouldn't even mention a thing to you about this. But they're like, well, if you got anything left over, maybe you might think about giving to charity, right? But I believe according to God's word, there's a higher principle at play. It's beyond the numbers. Numbers work. But the principle God's way, I'm telling you, are full of life, full of freedom. And honestly, this is, this is a principle I don't even really feel I need to, like, teach you much because you're already doing it, because you're already living this principle out. But I, I want you to get this, and I say this very sincerely. It's the principle of generosity. It's the principle of generosity. But here's the thing. As I want to highlight the principle of generosity versus misery. Versus misery. It's generosity versus misery. Here, here it is. You know the opposite of generous is miser? Do you know what a miser is? A miser is a person who's really mean and really stingy. Really mean. The most miserable, hey, listen, the most miserable people I know on this planet are the most stingiest people I know. But the most happiest people I know on the planet are also the most generous people I know. Jesus himself said this, Acts 20, verse 35. Jesus said, it's fun to give, you guys. You know that the Greek word for blessing here is fun? <laughs> it says, Lord Jesus, man, guys, hey, listen, it is fun to give. It's a lot of fun. It's more blessed to give than it is to ever receive. Happiest people I know are givers. And that's why I love the season, because we're going to ramp it up. When you came in today, my hope is uh, maybe, maybe you didn't receive it when you came in, but I want you to be sure you get one of these when you leave. There will be on the tables outside, and there will be on the coffee cart area and at Guest Central. And this little card, I know you can't read it from there, even if you've got 20-20 vision. It says, something extra to show you God loves you. It's a little card that we've created that, Really, honestly, it's, it's, it's just a card of generosity. And my hope, is that, my hope is that we would take these cards and we'd begin to live out this principle of being generous. So like when you go through a drive-thru today, like when you're at your coffee line at Starbucks and you're buying your coffee, like why not just pay for the person's coffee behind you and give the teller the card and say, hey, will you, will you give that to the, I want to pay for theirs, and will you give that to them? Can I tell you how powerful you are? How could that change a life? Let me tell you this. This is truth. My home church in Alabama, we did this. And there was a lady who was driving home to commit suicide. She was going to end her life, you guys. She was going to end it all. She had nothing else to live for. But she was going through a fast food restaurant. Why she was ordering fast food is that's her last meal on her way out. I don't know. I'm not trying to be silly or funny. I'd be going to Roost Chris is where I'd be going. But, hey, listen. Somebody paid for her meal. She pulled up. She's like, oh, the car in front of you paid for your meal. She's like, why, why? Why would somebody do that? And they said, well, they wanted me to give you this card. And they gave the lady the card. And she received it. She began to, to cry and to break down and to shed tears. She called the church and said, you will never know how much this $7 changed my life. She told the church, she said, I was on my way home to end it all. 
because I had nothing else to live for, but I received this little card, something extra to show me God loves me. And he gave me hope. In that $7, please let whoever did that, let them know that it changed my life. So you're saying, how, like, what's $7 to us, you guys? What is $7 to us? It's nothing. Your $7 can change a person's life. And so these cards, I encourage you, as we walk into this season at One Life Church, let's live out this principle, this higher way of generosity. And let's, when you're at the restaurant, your favorite restaurant today, and you're leaving a tip, leave a big honking tip. You know what a honking tip is? That's a lot. Go above and beyond. And put this little card down and go, bam, and leave it. And then when they leave, she's in tears because she's working two or three jobs to try to take care of two or three little ones at home because husband's left. Something extra to show you God loves you. There's a higher principle, you guys. At One Life Church, we understand this, is that the value of our lives, let's put this on the screen, the value of our lives isn't determined by how much I achieve or how much I accumulate, but by how much of our lives we give away. I want to close with this verse. It comes out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 18 through 19. Some verses in scriptures are for you and some are for me, and this one specifically is speaking to pastors. It said, hey, pastors, when you lead your church, when you, when you lead your people, like this is what it says, command the church. And can I be honestly, like I, I don't feel like I have to command us. I just feel like I need to remind us, just to remind us to do good. Like today when we're at that restaurant, leave the big tip along with a card. Going through the drive-thru, pay for somebody's coffee, and do it in Jesus' name. Like do good. Be rich in good deeds. Be generous and be willing to share. And this is what's going to happen. Look at what the Bible says. Like if you do that, you guys, one life, if you do that, look at what happens. In this way, you will lay up treasures for yourselves. In other words, you've learned to live, you've learned to leverage your life for eternal purposes. You're storing up treasures for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that you finally are taking hold of a life that is truly life, this fulfillment, this higher way, this higher principle that's at work. In other words, if you do this, you're going beyond the numbers. You're going beyond the numbers. Like the numbers, get them right, they're important. I'm a numbers guy, I get it, work on it, it's important. But I'm encouraging you today, go beyond the numbers. Grab a hold of a value system that's God's way, that would, that when the world looks at it, the world would say, yeah, it's dumb. That's stupid. Why would you do that? And, and no, 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 no. I would say, no, it's, it's not dumb. It's not stupid. Because, here's your last blank. Fill this in. God's way works. Can we say it all out loud right now? Just say, God's way works. Yeah. So would you write that down and close your eyes? We're going to be here for just another couple of minutes, and then we'll be closed. I want you to close your eyes. Nobody moving around. Don't put your stuff away right now. Just... In this moment, it's very important. Would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Would you just say, just you can whisper it in your heart where you are right now. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? And here's my hope for you. My hope is that at least one of these principles, just at least one of these principles speak to you today. And God, I'm praying right now for our great church. God, for this awesome group of people, there is no doubt that, God, you want us to get the numbers right. But more than getting the numbers right, Lord God, you, Lord, you want us to take hold of your value system, your ways that are higher, your thoughts that are higher, and go beyond the natural that you created and the world would call foolish. But God, we know absolutely works. So God, we put our heart, we put our faith, and we put our hope, and we put our trust in you today. So God, right now, I'm just asking with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm asking God that you would work this principle into our lives more. That we're not just in tune with our money, God, and our finances, but we're in tune with our calling and the purpose that you have for our life. And God, I'm praying, make us more content, make us more grateful, God. Bring us to the place where we're completely dependent on you, Lord Jesus. And get us to the place where we're able to leverage everything that you've given us. Our time, our money, our resources, our stuff, and leverage it, God, for eternal purposes. For we know that is truly when we begin to live our life in fulfillment. So, God, I'm praying right now that the spirit of generosity, God, would be just released among my friends and family and that it would grow in the hearts and lives of us today as we stand here today at the doorstep of the holiday season that's upon us. God, I'm praying that you would give us the capacity, Lord Jesus, to love the people of our valley with the love of Jesus.
in such a powerful way. God, that the world would know and that our cities would know that you love them. God, I'm asking that you save people's lives today, that, that we go from hopeless to full of hope. Do what only you can do, Lord Jesus. Now listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, some of you are here today and you've walked away from God. You've walked away from your source. Some of you have never experienced the love of God. And today, salvation is not joining a church. Salvation is not religion. Salvation is just surrendering your heart over to God. And some of you are here today and you need to take that next step. You need to surrender your life to Christ. And I want to pray that prayer with you. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But if that's you on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm talking to so that I can pray with you today. If that's you, would you be so bold as to raise your hand? One, today's the day. Two, now is the time. Three, to choose life. If that's you today, will you just raise your hand and say, I want to surrender my life to Christ. If that's you, we're not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to pray this prayer. And if it's not the words that mean anything. It's not the words that change the heart. It, it, it's your heart. Saying it from your heart. So say this with me, everyone, under your breath. Just say, say these words straight to heaven. Say, Jesus, thank you for giving me a second chance. Thank you for paying for my sins. And today, in the simplest and the best way I know, God, I commit my life to you. I'm going to change my direction. And I'm going to take a step towards you. Come near to me. I want to be close to you. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. Hey, listen, if you just made that decision on that Connect card, we would love to know. If you'll mark that Connect card and just say, I've committed my life to Christ today, we'd love to know. We want to send you a next step. Also, we believe in the power of prayer. And we would love to know if you have any prayer requests, we pray over those weekly. If you'll take those as perforated for a reason, because you can drop that in the container as it comes by here in a moment, because we want to pray for you. And listen, hey, One Life Church family, can we put our hands together today for those who made a decision to follow Jesus? Good job. Good job. God bless you. Awesome.